depending who you talk to, they would say different things, remind them of the spirit of Christmas or to define the spirit of Christmas. But as we mentioned this morning, and uh, this Sunday and the next two Sundays, Lord willing, we will be dealing with um, this aspect of celebrating Christmas. And this morning we looked at celebrate Christmas because it's Emmanuel, God with us. And the spirit of Christmas is God with us. But in Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he's instructing them regarding humility, but he uses as an illustration the incarnation, the God becoming man, the coming of Christ as an illustration of humility. And that is the spirit of Christmas. And I want us to look at that tonight and make application. Notice Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So there's his exhortation to humility, to serving one another. And then he goes in to give this example. Verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, referring to Christ, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So Paul is asking the people and exhorting the people, don't, don't be caught up with your own life. Look on the needs of others and, and be willing to serve one another. And then he holds forth the example of Christ coming, taking upon the form of a man. And as we mentioned this morning, um, all of God and yet all of man. Our mind cannot comprehend that, but there are many things in the Bible, there are many, many things about God that our minds can't comprehend, and I am thankful it's that way. I'm thankful we have a God that is so big that we can't comprehend Him. And, and the reality is, this is what God said took place. It is God in the flesh. 
And, and this is the spirit that should be with us, not at just Christmas, but this is the Christmas spirit that should be with us throughout the year. This is the spirit, and, and this is what he said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So what did he do? What's the mind that should be in us? Well, you notice what it said, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. This was God, and it says here, being in the form of God, it was not stealing something, it was not bragging to say that He was God. He is God. But He came and took upon Himself the form of a man, and He emptied Himself of self. He took upon... He made himself of no reputation. This is God, but he didn't come as God. He didn't come with his reputation. He emptied himself of his reputation. He emptied himself of self. I mean, you think of it. I don't mean this bad. He was somebody. We all tend to think we're somebody, but we're not. He was. He is God. I mean, you know, we, it's natural for us to have an inflated view of ourselves and, and emptying ourselves of self. When, well, when you empty an empty jar, there's not much there. But when you empty yourself of God, he didn't he was still god but he gave up the rights to use those he didn't come i am god i am on the scene now he didn't come like that he came as a humble servant he didn't give up his godhead but he willingly set aside the free exercise of his rights he he had a reputation we all have a reputation, but it's it's not it's not about us. And this is this is what we need to learn. Jesus Christ came and it wasn't about him. And if we want this spirit, and it should be something that let this mind be in you that was in Christ, to realize this is not about me. The heart of the incarnation, the heart of God taking on flesh, if you please, is total self-sacrifice, total self-giving. It is becoming a servant of others for the sake of their redemption. And then letting God taking care of glorifying and exalting it was not about himself. When Christmas becomes fulfilling our little dreams of the um, picturesque family gathering where kids are screaming, I want more 
presents and that one's mine. <laughs> or the perfect family meal where then someone right off the bat spills something all over the nice cloth, tablecloth, or whatever. Christmas isn't about making this perfect scene. I read the other day, I don't know very little about Pinterest, but they said Pinterest has ruined Christmas for everyone because they all have these perfect things that that's what we want to do have the oh this perfect place setting this perfect tree this perfect all these ideas i'm not picking i'm just saying that isn't christmas there's nothing wrong with that and um and that's a good thing and uh you ladies go for it and we as men will go along with it okay but the spirit of christmas is a spirit of humility. That's the incarnation. That's a spirit of, of humbling, of emptying of self. But you notice it says in here, He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. This is serving from below. By that I mean, it is one thing to serve in a condescending spirit. Oh, let me come and help you. This was, he took upon himself the form of a true servant. It wasn't condescending. He came as the servant, and it was serving as the lowest, serving the highest. It was uh, uh, the terms that he uses here in this passage. Uh, verse 3, "...let nothing be done through strife or vain glory." But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. See, sometimes it's, it's easier for us to serve in, in kind of a condescending manner. And, and we're serving from, from a good position. And, and maybe we don't have the condescending attitude, but we're serving from a good position to those less fortunate. He came and served. It, it, the term that is used here is a term of derision with the idea of being low and shabby and undesirable. I mean, this is God and He was willing to come across as undesirable even to serve. A true servant desiring to meet the need regardless of who gets the credit. Humility is the posture of a strong person who steps down, empties himself of self, and is willing to take the posture of serving others. It means 
to literally be base-minded, to have the mind of a slave. This was, this was no compliment in the Greco-Roman world. It was not anything that a free person ever wanted to have to be or do. Slavery was a sinful, ugly blot on the ancient world, and yet Jesus gave up His rights and took upon the form of a slave. Doulos is the word, and it's not just a servant. It is, it is literally the term that we would identify as a slave. It was serving from below to those that they esteem themselves better than He. I mean, this is, this is what He did for us. And this is what Paul says, now this is what I'm calling as a follower of Christ, this is what we need to do. Empty myself of self and not come, well, I'm better than these people, but I'll go serve them if I have to. No, it was let each esteem other better than themselves. He said in the, the exhortation in the first few verses, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. So he emptied himself of self. He was serving from a, a spirit, from an attitude of serving from below. <clears throat> and isn't it strange to read about Christ? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The spirit of Christmas is obedient, whatever the cost. See, that verse says that already, we've, we've alluded, he became a man, took upon himself the form of a servant, and being found in fashion as a man, as a man, already that was humbling, but as a man, he humbled himself even further to what? Obey. Remember praying in the garden, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he obeyed, humbling himself to not just serving them, but then to be spit upon by us and slapped and crucified and mocked. So, it, it is one thing for God to become man. That is humbling. But it is, it is even a, a greater thing that He humbled Himself and said, God, I came to do this. This is the will of You. And I will obey whatever the cost. The spirit of Christmas. Obedience, whatever the cost. What if doing right made everything turn out wrong? What if following Christ cost you your possessions? Cost you your family? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death and then 
as the Father was pleased, He was exalted. I just want to make some personal applications in our life. Christmas can be a time where there can be conflicts, okay? Life brings conflicts, but Christmas can be a time of conflicts. As Christians, we should manifest the spirit of Christmas. So, where there's a conflict in our life, die to self. It's not about me. They didn't invite me, or I gave them a present and they didn't, or... They forgot about the pumpkin pie I brought and didn't even bring it out. I knew they didn't like the way or whatever, you know. Families can be terrific and families can be terrible. But we as people, not just at Christmas, but where there's a conflict, empty yourself of it. If, it, if, if self isn't in this, you know what? Most conflicts disappear. Empty us. That's the spirit of Christmas. It wasn't about Christ. He came to serve the Father and pay the penalty for our sin. And in serving us, that's what He did. And it wasn't about Him. He emptied Himself of self. Where there is conflict in your life, die to self. Remove it. It's not about me. Yeah, but that kind of hurt. Yeah, you know what? It's not about you. Emptied of self. Then to ask yourself, came to be a servant, what can I do to bless others? Can you imagine if every Christian just started asking every day, what can I do to bless someone today? What can I do to serve someone today? What can I do to encourage someone? Whoever God leads into my path today, what can I do? Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Christ came to bless us immensely, and He did. It wasn't about Him. And this is the Spirit that that we are to live. And then to ask ourselves, what does it take to make me stop doing what is right? It doesn't produce what I think it should. Well, I'm not going to keep doing that. Is it noticed? Eh, I'm not going to keep doing What does it take to get us to stop doing what is right. You know, we we have been so blessed in our nation. But as we may see certain freedoms disappear, will it affect what we do? If you don't get a tax deduction for your giving, will it affect your giving? shouldn't. That's something minor. But I think of 
We, we pray for Pastor Saeed. I think of his wife and kids, and not minimizing Pastor Saeed, but I, I think here's his wife, and she said, God, I, she could easily say, God, I was, we were just trying to be a blessing to others, trying to do what you want, and this happens. How can you be a good God and they're not they're not given that portrayal that that's how they're responding. They keep doing right regardless how it turns out. Of course, we'd all want it to turn out that he's set free and brought home and everything's great. See... Our faith will be tested. Was it, what does it take to make you stop doing right? Is it somebody getting in your face and personally attacking and then, boy, then uh, nobody's going to talk to me now? What does it take? Obedient, whatever the cost. And then to think about it. Jesus Christ was focused on the end, and we need to be focused on the end. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. In understanding, you know, it's not about... They didn't appreciate it. I'm a servant. Servants weren't appreciated. They were expected to do that. A real test of our servanthood is when people treat us like a servant. That's a real test. But this is the spirit of Christmas. It's not about me. And it's serving. And I'm willing to do whatever I can to, to be a blessing to others. And I am committed to obey God regardless of the cost. Whatever it costs, God, I want to be true to You. And I'm looking forward to the end when... Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Jesus Christ alone is exalted. And that's what ought to encourage us and that's what ought to motivate us to obedience, whatever the cost. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Every martyr that has ever given their life will testify before Jesus that He is worthy. And they counted it a privilege, the Bible tells us, to lay down their lives for Him. Why? Because they had the Spirit of Christ. They let this mind, the mind of Christ, be in them. And it wasn't about us. It was a willingness to serve to obey, and to focus on the end. You know, I, I cannot read or go over Philippians chapter 2, those first 11 verses, without being convicted in many, many areas. I mean, just that, just the first four verses are enough to convict. But this is... This is our model. This is Christ. And we looked this morning, God in the flesh. Well, what was His mind? Philippians goes in and explains to us His mind in this. And He says, let that same mind 
be in you. The spirit of Christmas, the spirit of the incarnation, the spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ should be in our hearts all year round. And may God help it to be. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would respond to the conviction of your spirit. Lord, whatever conflicts may arise in our life, I pray that we would truly die to self and realize that it is not about us. And Lord, I pray that we would let the mind of You rule in our hearts as You gave us the example that You came willingly to serve, made Yourself of no reputation and took upon the form of a slave so that we could have forgiveness of sin be adopted into your family, given an eternal home, and the indwelling of your Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would look for ways and be alert to your Spirit's direction of how we can bless others. I pray that we would have a resolve that we will obey you regardless of the cost. And Lord that the blessed promise of You being glorified and us singing Your praises in eternity would motivate us to that end. Thank You, Lord, that You took upon the form of we sinful, vile human beings, but You came and lived in this world without sin so that we could have the payment for our sin paid by you. We love you, and we ask that you would empower us to reflect your spirit, your mind, in every situation you lead us. For we pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's